wisdom rise ancestors surround us rise. welcome to advancing the art of aging i'm carol silver elliott president and ceo of the jewish home family a continuum of services for older adults located in northern bergen county new jersey and i am delighted today to have as our guest michael starkey Michael is president and CEO of PMD Advisory Services. Michael, welcome. Thank you. It's good to hear your voice. Nice to hear yours as well. I'm so glad to have you here. So I know you for a long time, as a matter of fact, having used PMD in a variety of settings, but I would suspect that our listeners have no idea what PMD Advisory Services does you want to just take a minute and describe to us what your company provides? Sure. Uh, our company is uh, primarily exists to help our clients manage and minimize their risk when it comes to new product development or new product implementation. And the way we do that is we conduct market feasibility studies, we support strategic planning efforts with demographic and economic data and industry data and competitive trends. And then we also conduct consumer research in the form of focus groups and surveys. We're a virtual company. I'm based in the Cincinnati area. We have people in Charlotte, and Jacksonville, and in Los Angeles. So we cover the U.S. So, Michael, tell me what got you into the market research business? What was your trajectory? <laughs> it's a great, well, uh, I'll give you the short version <laughs> of it. Okay. <laughs> what, what, what got me into the market feasibility business is my inability to draw. Um, <laughs> I was, yeah, that's funny, isn't it? You got to, sometimes you just have to be honest with yourself. Uh, yeah. I was in, in the uh, city planning program at the University of Cincinnati and I really wanted to be an urban designer. And it, within about two quarters, I realized I couldn't draw. Mm. And back then we didn't have computer-aided drawing because this was like back in the early 70s. And so I had a come to Jesus meeting with myself and said, what are we gonna do? And so I switched my focus from uh, urban design to economics. And I started getting involved in doing um, economic forecasts and uh, projections. And I took that bent on the last four years of my college education. And that led me to community planning. And that led me to doing research for the city of Cincinnati and their planning department. And then I had opportunities to become part of a consulting firm, which I did. and, and and did market feasibility economic analysis uh, with that firm for a number of years. And then in 1980, I started uh, PMD. Uh, back then it was called Public Demographics. Um, we started that in 1980. I had a partner. And in 1983, um, a gentleman named Jim Eden, who was a senior, I think he was the CFO maybe uh, at Beverly at the time, mm -hmm. and he came to us because he heard about some of the innovative things we were doing in the economic development arena and said, can you build us a better approach to market feasibility for senior housing and care? And 
of course, we said, sure. And uh, <laughs> we went about doing that, and we bet the farm on it. And uh, in 1983, we started working in the senior housing sector, uh, doing market feasibility. We created our own data product. We realized when we were thinking about how to do this better that there was not any good data available. So we actually created our own data product, and that was the first generation of our senior market profile. And then, uh, you know, what, what really hooked me in this work and caused our firm to abandon doing multifamily housing and single-family housing and commercial retail analysis was my first uh, big engagement um, in senior housing. I was a subcontractor to, at that time, um, it was Laventhal and Horwath, they were in existence. And I was doing the market feasibility part of a, a workout for a life plan community in Indiana that was in bankruptcy. And I went there to do the field work and see the comps and to talk to some of the residents. And I sat across the table from an 83-year-old woman um, who, as we talked, started crying. And she was in tears because there was a strong possibility she was going to lose her entrance fee. And she was going to have to go back to work at a convenience store mm. to try and make ends meet to stay there. And I was devastated. I walked out of there and I said, I don't ever want to be the cause of something like that happening. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's how we got into it. And our firm is known as being very conservative and very careful, um, much to the chagrin of some of our for-profit clients that <laughs> sometimes yell at us because we they left too much on the table. Um, yeah, they, are, but, they don't want the results they want. That's right. <laughs> doesn't always happen that way. No, it it doesn't, as you well know, right? As I well know. So, Michael, you know, I, it's a fascinating story, and the work that you do really helps organizations like ours decide what to do next, right? Correct. Correct. And Tell us a little bit about how you go about gathering that information. You know, I, I always think it's sort of magical. I, I ask you a question like, you know, where do you think the opportunities are? And you get to work, and some period of time later, I have a, I have a couple of hundred pages that help us really understand, is this a good idea or a bad idea? And sometimes, and we've had this experience, you and I have had this experience together more than once, sometimes the things that you don't expect are the things that pop up as opportunities. So just talk a little bit about how you go about putting that together, if you would. Sure. Well, the, the most important thing uh, in our work is to be objective and unbiased and to not walk into a situation with a solution or a conclusion. Um, and, and sometimes that's really hard to do because the owner or the CEO of the organization oftentimes knows exactly what they want to do. And they're, they want your study to show that. Mm -hmm. um, and we don't operate that way. So what we do is we sit down and we talk to the client and we talk to the team, uh, the client's team, 
to get a really good understanding of what their issues are, what their concerns are, what kind of things um, they're looking for. For instance, right now we're in the middle of a project in upstate New York with a, um, a nonprofit life plan community that really wants to understand how they should change their home and community-based service business. And what we've done is we've interviewed all the management team to understand where they've been, what they're thinking, what they see as opportunities. And then we are researching, um, you know, everything we can find on technology and the future, um, you know, how does the village concept work, could part of that work here. So we just open it up and we look at everything we can. And what we're doing now is we're in the process of designing a survey that's going to go out to three different constituent markets and see what the marketplace is looking for. And they'll come back to us then in the survey results and we'll analyze those. And then we'll be able to sit down with the client and say, here are the things we think will work in this market that are either here now and not being done well or uh, need to be because they're not. And then we'll work through that list together with the client. And when we come up with a list that the client feels good with, that we feel good with, then we'll test the market support for that to determine if those things are feasible and how much can they charge. So it, it it's a, it's, I, it's kind of like when you're making a stew or a soup. You, you put all these ingredients together in the pot and you kind of stir it and you let it cook mm -hmm. for a while and you taste it and maybe you add something else. Um, but it, it's, I, I'm fascinated by it. I love it. I love my job. I love my work. Um, every project we do is different. Uh, the process we go through in terms of the series of questions we ask has been honed over the last 37 years, and it's a good process, but it never ends up in the same place mm -hmm. twice. It's fun. That's cool. So. It, and it's more than just the the um, information gathering, too, though. You're also factoring in the demographics, the incomes, yeah. the the competition. Um, so it's not just, you know, it's not just what do people see as a need, but you're also taking a full range looking at, you know, the, the objective data, the demographics, the income levels, the rates of aging, as well as a competitive analysis, right? Exactly. I mean, you have to look. You have to look for where the intersection is between what we think the client is open to doing and what the market will actually support. And then, who's in the market now doing those things? How are they doing? How much are they charging? What's their success been? What's their value proposition? And then we put that together with the demographics and we have proprietary models that will tell us this market will support X number of assisted living beds at um, this price point. And then based on what we've seen and heard from the competition, we're able to also say, all right, we can support this many beds. They ought to be this big. And here are the services and amenities that we think are gonna be required for you to be a leader in the market. 
And so it's, you're right, it's, it's pulling all of these pieces, the subjective and the objective together. I'm curious, Michael, you know, we've had a very intense and challenging year in senior living um, because of, obviously, because of the pandemic. How has that changed what you see as the marketplace and the future? Are you, are you seeing that, this, for example, studies that you did, all of a sudden they're not, the, the premise has shifted? Is there a need to go back and sort of reexamine these assumptions? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, and, you know, I, I guess the first part of the answer is everything stopped last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody was, all of you were focused where you should have been uh, on your residents and protecting them. And we had to put looking forward kind of on the back burner for a few months. Um so there was not, there was very little activity that was done last year. It, the activity now is picking up. What I see in the research that I've read and the webinars that I've been on and what I'm hearing from our clients across the country is that things are starting to pick up again. And there, um, there's going to be some impact, but we really don't know what it is yet. Um, the demographic data that we use in all of our analyses is updated quarterly. So the data that we're looking at markets um, today with gives us a year of the COVID-19 impact in the demographics and in the income and in the migration and the net worth uh, and in the home value. So that, that helps us be able to look and see, well, here it is today. What was it like back in 2019? Um, and, and then adjust for that. But it, it seems to me, from what I've read in the research and, and what we've learned, is that there's still that market that either is committed to, for instance, an independent living product um, with services at some point in time. There's still that piece of the market. I don't know that it's going to necessarily be smaller because we have baby boomers that are coming up to fill, you know, slots, mm -hmm. so to speak. But they're they're holding off. You know, I just did some focus groups for a client over uh, in Ohio about three weeks ago, and it's real clear. Um, and those focus groups mimicked what I've seen in the national research that. The majority of people are just, they're scared. They're getting uh, confident now with the vaccine coming, thinking that things are going to change for them and they're going to be able to come out of their cave, so to speak. Um, but it's, they're, they're delaying things. Where they were working on a process to move, now they're thinking more about it. Mm -hmm. So I, th I think things are going to are, are going to start to pick up again at the end of the year, the first part of of next year. Um, God willing that we don't get a really bad variant that oh, messes yeah. the whole system up. Let's not even think that thought, shall we? No, it's not. Yes, that's <laughs> not. Well, yeah, it's like a, a a client asked me the other day. You know, our our community is opening in 2023. 
what is the impact of COVID going to be on that? Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I know I said, you have a crystal ball there. <laughs> yeah, really. I don't know what to tell you, but I, I, I think that by the time we get to 2023, COVID is, is not going to be an issue anymore. It, it very well may be the next pandemic or that's the right. next bug that surfaces. So we have to be ready, and that's we're right. planning for that now. Well, honestly, and um, this is your interview, not mine, but I don't think anything will ever surprise us the way that COVID did. I think, no. you know, I think that we thought that something like this pandemic was unimaginable, the stuff of science fiction, and now we know that the unimaginable is very much real and that our world is never going to be the same. We will never look at things the same way. So while I have heard speculation that we may see pandemics in the future, I also don't think anything will absolutely take the wind out of our sails the way COVID did. I really don't. So maybe well, that's and, and Pollyanna, I, but that's how I feel. Well, no, I, I don't think it's Pollyanna. You know, my take is that this really walloped us and we it got our attention. And now everybody in our sector, you know, the design people, the building people, the owners, the operators, everybody is looking, okay, so what do we need to do differently right. to make sure we don't get walloped like that? And that's I think right. that's... That's the value of it. That's that's where we're going to get some help down the road. Absolutely. Michael, we are out of time, and I know we could go on and on, but and maybe we'll do this again. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's, uh, it's lovely to hear your voice. I look forward to a time when I can see you in person. Absolutely. You're welcome. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. It was good talking with you. Take care. All of the children rise, elders with wisdom rise, ancestors surround us rise.